Welcome to Who Be This On, Season 5 Finale, where we discuss our top five and bottom five. I'm Chris Lorenz. Robert Kitts. Noah Singer. This is Brian. I'm Harrison Hoffman. Potabath. This is Max Max Max. Uh, if this is your first time joining us, it's probably not a bad place. Uh, we're going to go through our top f- <clears throat> our personal top five and personal uh, bottom five for all of season five. So all 50 episodes or shows we watched. I don't know how many we saw or I saw personally. And uh, the way it's going to work is we're going to start with the bottom five. Then we're going to go into their top five. Uh, and what we're going to do is something a little complicated. So I'm going to take a second here to explain it. So if everyone get, has like, oh, man, I'm really struggling at this one. Here, Chris, let me Go take ahead. over. It is a round robin of everybody's number five worst show. Then round four of every or everybody's fourth worst show. Sometimes there are conflicts where somebody will say, like, my fifth worst show is somebody else's third worst show. And if that is the case, you always opt for the higher number. Does that make sense? So what we're going to do is if Max's number one bot worst show is my number five, we don't talk about it for my fifth worst show. We're going to talk about it at Max's worst show because we want to, we want that momentum for at the highest number. So we want to talk about it for somebody's worst or somebody's best. So you'll, you'll see people skipping or missing rounds, uh, but they'll bring it up later uh, when we get to it. Uh, so let's start out because this uh, can. One end. other comment that's I think important is we don't know what our other's lists are because VJ, who's been on the pod this season, was kind of too. We sent him our lists and he compiled and sent it back to us which ones to skip and not. So we are going to be surprised by some other people's guesses, uh, answers. And we'll also not be surprised for like, oh, yeah, that show is terrible. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm going to start out with our bottom five. I got a number five. My number five is 90 Day Fiance Quarantine. Uh, this show was bad. It was terrible. It was about like people in their house and like just garbage. Like I didn't need to see this. I don't, I didn't really know who all the people were. Like kind of had to see all seasons of 90 Day Fiance. And I was just, uh, it was just bad. No thanks. Uh, we're all, we're all living it. I didn't need, a, I didn't need other people and their sob stories about toilet paper. I definitely get you. I, I do want to give credit though, to the producers for giving it a shot. You know, you know, you, you shoot that pilot and then you could just throw that pilot away. You don't need to air that. Well, they're probably running out of content to air. <laughs> I'm sure. But you know, you end up on the bottom five list for doing it. So I will say it was so very clear. The moment you started watching this, that like, I don't want to watch other people go through quarantine because that's what I'm what I'm going through right now. I want nothing to do with this. I want to escape this. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, that was my number five. Uh, let's go with Rob. Was your number five? My number. Five, I think my number five. I knew it was a little unfair. So I'm surprised no one else put the bottom. But my number five were show was Real World. And as was mine. As was yours. And so like. It's sort of because real world, the show overall is probably not a terrible show, but the episode we watched, which is from the season that got it canceled, was just no good. (laughs) And so uh, it was definitely a a show that did not seem to have much to redeem it other than uh, some insane uh, 
floor layout in their uh, in the place they were staying. So they had I, uh, one great moment. <laughs> but like they could have done that so much better too. Like they had potential to make that ten times better than it was too. Max, anything you want to add? Sorry, you got me in the middle of eating something. <laughs> Take it away, Rob. That's it. That's my uh, summary of uh, real world fifth world show. Wait, but Max, the for for the listeners, what are you eating? Uh, chicken karaage from a ramen place below me called Kizuki. Very nice. There you go. Uh, all right, let's move on. Brian, what is your number five? My number five show is Insane Pools Off the Deep End. Now, everybody loves a great pool. Like You could have made this so amazing, and yet you turn this into this boring piece of crap. I can't forgive that. So what you're saying is it had potential... And it was bad, so it made it even yeah. worse. Right, exactly. Like you, you had the potential to make something like super awesome. Like you just have to showcase like crib style people's pools, or just like I had this idea for a pool. Let's like make it happen. Like pin my ride style. Just do that. But the ideas were boring. The execution was boring. Ass. All right. Uh, was this the one with like the mother son team building stuff, or was that the other pool? Show? That was that was not that one. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, speaking of Max, give me your number four. Uh, my number four is LOL. Last one laughing. Yeah. Um, so this is a Amazon Prime remake of a Japanese show documental that I and a couple of people on the pod genuinely love. Um, yeah, it's an Amazon Prime Mexican remake. Yeah, this is the Mexican one. Yes. Um, yeah. And it was just awful they it's it's really impressive when you watch something for 40 minutes and you don't laugh once and that's what happens uh, and then you name it last one laughing like i just i don't get it. <laughs> that was, and that was i don't think it was i don't think it was like uh you know a, a cultural you know misunderstanding of mexican humor or anything i think it just weren't very funny i'm gonna be honest with you max this one was pretty close to my bottom five it was right there it was just it was bad. Uh, now, there is a good chance I'm rating it lower than perhaps it should be because I'm so mad that it didn't measure up to the Japanese. This is the same thing with Brian's. Is like the potential on the show was pretty high and it just it fell. And Amazon's made like four or five different laws now. There's like a bunch of them. So I also uh, considered this for the bottom five. And yeah, I, I think it's fair, Max, say like a lot of times we say we think the show had more potential. Like we know that show has more potential. We've oh, seen yeah. it. So I think you can dock it. I think that's very reasonable. Uh, all right, Annabeth, why don't you give us your number four? Yeah, well, let me preface this by saying I did not watch a lot of shows this season, as has happened before. So some of mine are going to be a little bit off. But um, my number four is a recent pick, Magaluf Weekender, which, <laughs> although I enjoyed talking about it with you guys, I actually did not enjoy watching this show that much. totally legit pick they went out they got drunk nothing happened i didn't care about them so you know just toss it away is what i say annabeth you and i were so excited to go to magaluf and then it's like this (laughs) i will i mean i'm still excited we should go to magaluf (laughs) now that now that i know what's happening in magaluf seems very fun for us to do that i don't know if this show really lived up to it we know how to get recorded. We can make this show better. We're going to hire that camera crew. 
<laughs> Season six of the podcast. It's going to be our show in Mongolia. God. God put yes. this on Weekender. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, there you go. Harrison, give us your number three. My number three is Street Outlaws. <laughs> For those who may or may not remember this show, it's about some people who are in some kind of local street racing scene and they're competing with each other on sort of street racing. I'm actually in a little bit of a similar situation to Annabeth where I actually, I think I had about 12 or 13 shows that I saw this season. So the difference between some of the ones that are in the top five and the bottom five are not as significant. This show is okay. It just wasn't, wasn't super compelling. And uh, yeah, I just kind of, kind of, I had, I had pretty high hopes for it and just fell a little bit flat. Yeah, so this was my uh, number four bottom a- a- as well. And I've seen about 40-plus shows a season, so decent clip. Um, th- th- this the show is just bad because they had these guys and they were pretty good at what they do, but then they're trying to get them in front of a camera, and they just don't know how to be in front of a camera. So they try to create these characters, and it just falls flat in its face. Well, there you go. Uh, Annabeth, why don't you give us your number three? Mine was actually also Street Outlaws. Okay. <laughs> Limited selection here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Brian, give me your number three. Ooh, my number three is The Masked Dancer. The Ooh, spin-off. ding, ding, ding. That is my number three. Okay. I get that, like, dancing could be exciting, but you're putting these people in costumes so you can't tell what they are. And then you're expecting these, like, people who are supposed to be good at dancing to, like, accommodate to this insane situation. And it just doesn't look great. So it usually just ends up being, like, them, like, goofy or, like, being, like, a mascot from, like, a ma- uh, amusement park. The I show just didn't is... find it that good. I hope it gets canceled. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm pretty sure this thing's canceled. It's terrible. A, it's the mass Singer, so that's terrible to begin with. You're guessing minor D-League celebrities... Who the fuck can do it? Like, no one cares. No one cares about that. Then this is COVID. They show in a fucking audience that isn't there. That is the most disrespectful thing to be sitting here working from home for a year. Fuck off. You're lucky you're not the number one bottom. You're terrible. This thing should have been never green. I like that. I, I, I know Trump isn't on TV as much anymore, but I like that this was the most disrespectful thing seen on tv hey man you know no, 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 i'm on wait. a podcast about reality tv sometimes you got different leverages there There's... <laughs> i, was... I got to say uh, go ahead rob this was my number four worst so i agree this was terrible but i disagree that like oh it's just like the mass singer the first several this is so much worse than the mass singer like however you feel with the mass singer this show is just god awful and i feel i talked about this what happened to craig robinson I thought this guy was pretty good comedy guy, had a good career, and now I saw him on this, and I've 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 worried about him, and I've been worried about him ever since, and I don't know if I'll ever see him in anything ever again. This might have killed him his career. He's got nothing to work with in that show, Rob. So I, I don't blame him for not being funny. The Masked Dancer surprised me because somehow they excised the only fun part of the Masked Singer, which is trying to guess who it is, because there's no fucking way for you to guess. It's just not going to happen. It's like. How how could they come up with such a perfect way to make something less good? To be fair, Chris did kind of guess who it was who got unmasked we saw. So there is a way to do it. <laughs> it requires dumb luck and confusing people. 
listening to the pod to figure out what that was. Yeah. Uh, all right, Noah, give me your number two. Where's my number show? two is Southern Survival. Uh, for those that may have missed it or don't recall it, it's an infomercial uh, for a company that sells like outdoor gear and related crap. Um, and it's a bad infomercial at that, that they try to go over the top without being entertaining. Um, don't watch it. Don't give in to it. They don't deserve your money or attention. Uh, Noah, so this is what I, I, before the pod, I was like, there's something I have to say about my bottom five. And there's two shows. And I'm like, these should be on my bottom five. But I literally have no memory of what they are. <laughs> and this was one. I was like, I know this was bad. But I do not remember the show at all until you said this was an infomercial. I'm like, all the memories started floating back. And I'm very disappointed this didn't make my bottom five because it should be there. Thank you. Did you even Google? Like, I I definitely Google titles. I tried to Google this and I have the screenshot in my head and it's just like, Mm. I didn't really want to bring those memories back, to be honest. (laughs) I think it's the real thing. Second most disrespectful. Was this a traumatizing moment for you right now, Chris? Are you like going through kind of like some kind of like, you know, you're <laughs> going through sweats? <laughs> no, 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 no included as number two. I think that's a reasonable spot for it. We talked about it. That's all that really matters. I got some really bad ones coming up. So don't worry about it. Okay. You know, uh, all right, Max, why don't you give us your number two? Number two is going to be Princesses Long Islands, which is, um, it's, you know, real, it's, it's real housewives, except it's like 20 something Jewish American princesses in Long Island who don't want to leave home. And uh, boy, I just, there's, even the drama is not interesting. It is one of the most boring things. I had to go back and listen to the podcast to remember like what the fuck happened in that episode. And not a whole heck of a lot is the answer. Yeah, this was um, my number five worst show. So not like the worst of the worst, but the least worst of the worst. And similar reasons um i do think you have something here right this is like a small culture that you can exploit to put on tv find some interesting things um they just did a bad job at it yeah this was almost my my number four worst as well <laughs> i mean yeah like they're they're clearly trying to do some kind of like laguna beach whatever whatever but they, they didn't really get the people to make it work this okay is my number two worst <laughs> very <Great> choice <laughs> Uh, Annabeth, you ruins my theory that only the Jewish guys put this in their bottom five. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. I didn't think this show was that bad. I'm going to be contrarian here. I thought it was fine. You know, I I think, Chris, you have a higher tolerance for the Kardashian-type shows. Uh, you know, the Kardashians was pretty close to my bottom five this season, but didn't quite make it, which we'll see here. We'll see. Uh, so, Annabeth, we went over your bottom two. Uh, Harrison, why don't you give us... In my heart, I am a Jewish man, I guess. <laughs> Harrison, that wasn't your bottom two, right? You have enough? No, that, that was my number four. Okay, give us your bottom, your second worst show of season five. My second worst show is Marriage or Mortgage. <laughs> that and was my number four. It, there's a bunch of reasons for it, but I mean, I think... Uh, there are a lot of interesting wedding planning shows out there. There are a lot of interesting home shopping shows out there. And this one kind of is a bad version of both of those. And it kind of sets up this weird sort of 
it makes you feel weird when you watch it because it kind of sets up sort of like a weird choice for these people. And like, hey, do you want to spend a bunch of money on some, you know, extravagant wedding or do you want to throw down a down payment for, for a house or whatever? And like, I guess that is the time, like, I'd love for them to be able to sit down with somebody and make a plan for how both those things can happen because it just, I don't, just feels feels weird for when you, when you watch that show. But uh, So I'll take a step. This is a show, it's the marriage of a house show and a like wedding planning show which no one watches wedding planning shows so like get that shit out of here it's terrible but the whole premise of the show is that they could do a house hunter show without actually anyone buying a house it's just you know the premise is just stupid i hated every second of this thing like it could barely handle house hunting shows and now it's like now we're gonna have this wedding thing so you've already paid for the wedding or you've already picked a house it's just like Ugh, I, I like could care less about any of the stuff that happened in the show. One of the um, few shows I've watched almost every episode of the season on, <laughs> on Netflix. Um, mm-hmm. it, I, I agree. I don't even think it's that great, but it's very easy background TV and it moves quite fast and you get the mixture of the wedding in the house. Uh, so I, I gotta say, I, I, I unfortunately enjoy it. Oh, <laughs> contrarian there. Well, there you have it. Uh, I missed this one, but it sounded like people had fun during the pod. Yeah, the fun pod doesn't mean a very good show. Yeah. Yeah. Those aren't necessarily correlated. But now that Noah brought up that other show, the show shouldn't have been in the the bottom five. But I digress. We're on to everyone's worst show. I actually have number two. Oh, wait. Yes, you do. Sorry. As I said, I might miss it. So, Brian, you go number two. Okay, I wanted to make sure these got in there because I really, really hate these shows. My number two was The Biggest Loser. It is a seriously fucked up show. It encourages just weight loss to the to the pushing yourself to the breaking point and enforcing that like low weight is good. I don't like the show in any way and it never should have aired. And I'm surprised it also got a review. Yeah, I, I agree with you. The, the morals of the show are questionable. Not the most morally questionable show we've had on this this season, no, no. but <laughs> I can However, definitely see taking a, a more personal moral judgment against this show than other shows. However, I did find a show recently that is it focuses differently. Uh, it's Netflix's show called Strong. Um, it encourages people to like get stronger, and they like they work with a trainer to compete. It's really cool. I like that one a lot more. Well, there you go. Uh, all right, now we're on to our worst shows. Uh, Rob, haven't heard from you in a while. What is your worst show of season five? My worst show of season five is The Legend of Mick Dodge. This was okay. my number three, I believe. This is my also worst show. All right, Rob, what Excellent is Excellent choice, show? Noah. Describe, describe the show for a second for people listening. So this show, in theory, is you're following around this uh, outdoorsman who just sort of lives in nature named Mick Dodge and it's you're experiencing what it's like to live like him in actuality this combines just a couple of the things we hate the most about reality shows where it's this they put this guy in these super fake situations that it's obviously not real when you're watching it, it has nothing to do with what someone who actually wanted to live outdoors would do and it's also super boring and they're not interested 
And it's like, what are you, what are you doing with the show? Like, and we found, uh, the thing that redeems the guy, McDodge, not the show, where he's like, yeah, this show's terrible. Like, they want me to do all this stupid stuff that's not about what I'm about. And, uh, I just started not taking the show seriously because it was garbage. And so respect to you, McDodge, but, uh, no respect to the show, The Legend of McDodge. It's so bad. Noah, what do you want to add to that? Yeah, you hit it on the head. Um, I just remember that they set up this like treasure hunt in the forest and they happen to just like uncle's compass. Yeah, it's terrible, but I, I think you got it right in the head. This was another show where I'm like, this is deserves to be in the bottom five, but I have no memory of this show. So I didn't, it didn't make it. I'm glad I was on the bottom five. Now that you say that, I remember it being terrible, but I still could not tell you a single detail of that show. So the memories aren't flooding back on this one, Chris. This no. one's still this blocked. one. This one was so bad. I think that I it just like I it's just all gone. Uh, all right, let's see, Brian, give us your worst show of season five. My worst show is I can see your voice. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, that was, was my number, number two. That was my number three. Okay, my can number two. Can I read you guys um, some things we said on the reading section of that show? Yes, please. Uh, Chris said he will definitely see this in the bottom five at the end of the season. Promise. Promise. I said, bottom of the bottom. I don't want to waste another second of my precious lifetime talking about this dumb show. Whoops. Here we are. Noah said, easily a bottom third show, but I'm tempted to put it in the top just so so we don't have to speak about this at the end of the season. (laughs) And Rob asked, do we think this is in contention for going to the Hall of Fame? I vote as yes on that. I think this rivals Trump a little bit. All right, Brian, explain the show for listeners at home that don't know what the show is. Okay, so you're a contestant on this show. They're going to present you with like eight people on stage. They're all going to have different personas, like a teacher or a football player. And you're they're going to come up and sing like a song and you're going to have to stereotype based off of like their persona, their voice, everything else. It encourages some of the worst aspects of humanity. And I don't know how this got greenlit. There is one thing here. They come up and sing. It's not their voice. They are lip syncing potentially. And you have to guess, is this person who they say they are or no? That's right. I forgot about that part of it. It wasn't just like that. They were singing all singing. It's that, are they actually singing or not? And that that's a bigger piece. It, it is a cooks or cons of the singing world. This is definitely one where the premise is just the stupidest thing you've ever heard. And you're like, why would I ever watch that? Why would you produce that? Why would you spend any fucking time talking about this fucking premise? Why you would remember? I care to notice if somebody is singing or lip syncing or who the like? We, I don't care. Like, there's just no caring. There's, I can't believe we watched stupid show. And I'm so glad we're going to be done talking about the show. Until it goes in the very bottom of the bottom. (laughs) Not done talking about Chris. Like, this is, uh, you know, we've talked about two different shows in the Mass Singer expanded universe (laughs) in our our bottoms here. And, like, but Chris, the premise of the show is it's the Mass Singer, but the opposite. There, you can hear the voice, but you can't see them. Here, you can see them, but you can't hear the voice. Like, that's the whole premise. But it's so bad, and it's not entertaining at all. And they gave the car keys to Ken Jeong for reasons I I, I don't understand, and that definitely didn't help it. 
Who's a better host, Ken Jong or wait? Who is the other person? Craig, Craig Robinson. Robinson. Craig Robinson, yeah. I, guess I still got to say Craig Robinson. I mean, Craig Robinson's better. Like, he had nothing to work with. Like, I don't feel he really did much to elevate that show. So I, it, I think they both just get failing grades and, uh, and we feel bad about it. But with Craig Robinson, it was surprising. And with Ken Jong, it was uh, less surprising. All right. Annabeth, give me your worst show of season five. My worst show is Keeping Up with the Kardashians. Great choice. There was so much, like, I I don't know. There was so much, like, cultural hype. It's such, like, a landmark. And then we watched it, and it was so much worse than I thought it was going to be. And it was so fake. Like, all the situations weren't real. Hated the people. Don't really understand the show. Not interested in it at all. So, bottom of the bottom. So, this was also my worst show as well and i mean it's kind of in that it's, it's in that same vein of like the real housewives shows like i just i just don't really i'm just not really interested in this in this style of show and yes yeah, wasn't wasn't working for me i thought that it was gonna be interesting because we like i think we watched the like the first episode that kanye was in uh but yeah it just wasn't really wasn't really interesting yeah no no it wasn't it was very fake very boring so i bl- it's not wrong that it should be in the bottom five. Uh, Noah, what was your worst show of season five? Uh, we went over that. Okay. Legend McDodge. All right. Well, we're on the last show. My worst show of season five. Interesting. Which is. Wait. Wait. Okay. I'm looking. At, go ahead. Which is extreme unboxing. Mm. Terrible. Just the cool. worst show People getting pallets, making up fucking money, dollars, and then declaring a stupid winner of the stupid show. Fucking stupid. Get the fuck off my screen. Terrible. Awful show. Like, the show is that people buy pallets of stuff, and they're trying to make money on this pallets of stuff, and then they literally make up the money that they think these things are worth, and then they add it up at the end, and they declare a winner, and I'm supposed to give a fuck? Fuck you. Fuck you, producers. Fuck you, TV network. Fuck me for watching. So this is my third worst show. I gotta say, Chris, I, this was worse for you than I can see your voice. I thought I can see your voice was your worst. I yeah. thought you were done. Yeah. Where, where was I can see your voice for you? Weekend it was number two. Oh, it was number two. Okay, uh, <laughs> but this is my third worst show. And you're t- like, they're going through and they're just saying, yeah, I could sell this for forty dollars. I could sell it for sixty dollars, and they just have a running score at the bottom of them the numbers they made up and they're like oh this team won they made more money it's like they didn't make any money they just said some they just said numbers i could i'll sell this for a million dollars i win like what i this show is just it's I'm unbelievable be honest, my bottom three i think could be in anywhere to be honest with you. like <laughs> on different days i could tell you which one's worse or the other yeah but, I, I, i'm surprised it's made the top just because like i can see your voice you have like fox level primetime production where extreme unboxing is like barely above public access TV. And so <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I just think it was you know? really bad though. It's bad. But no, it doesn't that make the sh- other show better. It's like, at least I got some good production value out of this. The show doesn't Maybe. even look nice, you know? Maybe like it, it turns like it is it the production value versus the expectations, right? Like, mm-hmm. I kind of feel like if it was public access, I might like it a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's it. So that's our bottom fives. So we have to come up with a group collective bottom five, which I think everyone here can probably tell 
it's probably going to be I can see your voice, right? Like it's in made five of the six. I can't count seven. seven. Five five people had it worst or second worst. So and we didn't see it. So if I'd seen it, I bet I hate it. (laughs) Lucky you. Lucky you. (laughs) All right. Well, at the end, we will adjudicate with the rest of the seasons. Uh, But for now, let's move on to our top five. Have we used uh, the term adjudicate before on this podcast? Uh, maybe during I, the jury. You, the jury. <laughs> you, the jury. Dang. No, I'm saying in this case, inflected on me, it's <laughs> I, right. the jury. Let's get into our fifth best show. So the only one is Max. Max, give me your fifth best show. Okay. Um, so I had a sort of similar but different issue from everybody else. Uh, I was on many of the shows this season. I just didn't like too many shows. Uh, so this one is actually a middle third, but top of the middle. It's uh, Turdy Works. Um, I thought it was a charming show. It's about a nice main lady who makes figurines out of poop and recruits a bunch of charming characters in her town to do to work for her. And uh, yeah, that's all I really got to say about it. it I didn't hate it. Whoa. Whoa, strong words. <laughs> season. That's, that's where we're on you, Max. Give us your fourth best show. Wait, me again? Yeah, we're going to do you again. Uh, uh, I, I put The Bridge. Uh, so The Bridge, I actually watched the entire season of. Um, for those that don't know, The Bridge is a sort of reality game show where you just have to build a bridge to an island in like 20 days and somebody doing so wins a hundred thousand pounds. Uh, I thought the premise was interesting. I watched the entire season. It was actually a bit of a waste of my time, but um, I think, I think there's something there. It just like, it wasn't dynamic enough. I also have this as my number four. Oh um, yeah. So good looks there. Yeah. I mean, this had, I think impeccable production value. Oh my like, goodness. Yeah. It was beautiful. Yeah. yeah. This is on the verge of like nature documentary. Um, and so I think that added to it as well as like the game of it. I didn't watch more um, because it just seemed like it was going to be a pretty long drag. I think there's something there. Hopefully they come out with another season, maybe with like a little twist or two. I didn't, end up putting this, I didn't end up putting this in my top five, but I like the show, but the show needs to lead into being a weird show. This is about building a bridge and less about we need to be have reality show twists and stuff. And if it leans to just being a really weird show, bring back James McAvoy to, to say the word bridge over and over again. I, mm. I think you got a good show. Bridge. Really needs to be more like an alone or Mythbusters. Just like, I want to see them building that bridge. I yeah. want to see them struggle to build the bridge. I want to see the disasters instead. I want to be lo- in doubt that they build the bridge. Yeah. I, I think was- they should take uh podcast producer extraordinaire chris lorenz's advice and there's two teams on opposite sides and who can build a bridge fastest maybe it takes them a week maybe it takes them three months but that's god that's the that show. is so much better so much better yeah but i i agree i've saw the whole season as well and it just it dragged it's all about humans that i'm like i want to i care about them making the bridge and it's just not what the show is about even though it's called the bridge but it was fine is the best I can say about it. All right. Uh, Harrison, give us your number four best show, season five. 
my number four best show of season five is I Want to Marry Harry. Oh, no. <laughs> Man, this was one... This was one that was, that was a little bit of a tough decision because is there something morally questionable about lying? Is there? Is, is there? Is? And telling them that a guy is Prince Harry so that they'll date him. I would say yes, but I don't know if I've ever seen a reality show as bold as this to just just straight up lie to these contestants the entire time. But uh, I don't know. I think it at the end of the day, I think if I could if I could put aside some of the potential moral issues with it, it was a pretty interesting kind of human experiment kind of thing. And uh, it was it was, you know, it was hilarious to see people just over and over just talking about how they're how they're dating Prince Harry. Um, yeah, there this you go. was this was also my number five show um, because like we watched it on the pod. And I was really intrigued about what was going to happen. So then Harrison and I watched a couple more episodes and it's not that good, this show, but we couldn't like, you know, we like a couple weeks went by and we were like, man, is he going to marry one of these girls? And we kept watching it. A couple more weeks went by. We were like, man, what's happening with Harry? Had to finish it. So there was something so gripping about it that I watched this whole season of this show. So it had to be in the top. <laughs> okay. Harrison, Annabeth, can I ask you, like I wasn't on this podcast. Yeah. Have either of you seen Joe Millionaire? No, I've 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 seen an episode or two of it, and I and I definitely know this is this is based on that on that same sort of format. But yeah, like listen to the podcast. It is so like the morally questionable. The this show is not actually good, but I kind of want to keep seeing what's happening. The why are they lying? Like, it, I think you guys should, or maybe we add it to the queue. Like. I think Joe Millionaire would be something you'd be interested in. I was going to bring that up, but I think because Harrison is like the most bold, I, I do think you get a notch above when you bring in a celebrity on top of Rich, where Joe Millionaire obviously is just Rich. Like it, it was such a feat for them to convince all these women that this dude is literally Prince Harry and not have the show blow up in their face at some point. Like it is a miracle that they made it to the, to the end of the season. And I, I think that there was some heavy producer hand in maybe encouraging some people to not talk about it on the camera, but uh, it's just surprising that they pull it off in any kind of way. Oh, it was heavy, heavy. Not even like, like heavy is even the wrong word. They threatened people. <laughs> like, I didn't know it, about the threatening. <laughs> they, so what they yeah. did, what they did was um, when people started to doubt, they would like literally tell them, no, you're wrong. This is really him. And then behind the scenes, if people had like questions, they would tell them like, "No, keep it up." Like, the producers were in it. They also, I mean, we I think we talked about this um, in it, like at the end of one of the pods recently. But like, they brought in a fake therapist to talk to the girls and like convince them that it's Harry and that they like shouldn't listen to these doubts. Like, it is super morally questionable. No, it's definitely it's definitely fucked up. I mean, like when I mean in school you you read about like like the like the like the Stanford prison experiment <laughs> or something, you know, and that's something that you can study, but it's not something that you can do. And I think this is kind of in that category. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest with you. This was my number five worst show for a long time because of how morally questionable the show was. It does not deserve to be in a top spot. Yeah. There's a reason why the show didn't even air all of its episodes on Fox, the network it was supposed to be on. So that's my thoughts on this one. 
totally max. I do have one question about this. What is more morally reprehensible, this show or Joe Schmo show? Because there, all the lying is focused on one person. Here, it's a bunch of people. I don't know. I think that this one ends up being a little bit more questionable because of the romantic aspect of it. Yeah, I would buy that. With the dude that they think is Prince Harry. What about Joe Schmo 2, which is a dating show with flying to people? (laughs) We're getting close. All right. All right. We got to move on. Let's move on. Let's go to third best show. I'll start it out with my third, which is Floor is Lava. Uh, I thought the show was really fun. I love seeing the new environments. I love seeing these people try and fail at trying to get past these just obstacle courses. So it was fun. Uh, that's, that's kind of the, the theme of the show. Anyone yeah. else have the show on there? That, that was my number three. Uh, I enjoy watching it. I don't really know if it's a reality show. I mean, it has testimonials, but I don't really know if it's a reality show, but it, I like it. Uh, we watched it, so. <laughs> my number four it's a it's a very good show just to have on and i also think it it's sort of satisfied some of the pandemic urge to watch people doing something <laughs> and That's I, I i am shocked chris like i feel like usually you don't like these types of shows and what i mean by these types of shows shows that generally are family friendly or appeal a bit more to kids uh, some surprises made it to your top five. No, I'm going to one-up you. So this was my number five best show. And when I put it in, I'm like, man, Chris is definitely going to make fun of me for putting this in my top five. <laughs> and then it said, he went at number yeah. three. So good job, the, Chris. The, like, it, sometimes the shows need a little rumination. This was a middle third show when I watched it or when mm. we did it on the pod. And uh, I watched more. I don't think I ever finished the whole season. Because I didn't, I liked seeing the new rooms and they stopped doing new rooms. And at that point, mm. I didn't care that much. But I love just like the ingenuity and seeing how people like kind of go across the rooms. I'd watch season two. That That's, you know, that's where we're at. Uh, let's see who we have next. Annabeth, what is your number three? My number three show, um, I think might be unpopular, but it is a show that I watched episodes of before bringing it to the podcast. It is Homestead Rescue, (laughs) which we watched a couple episodes of it, um, uh, me, Harrison and James on our road trip. And it left a big impact on me because these people were basically like helping these homesteaders in the most dire situations. And it was really interesting. They were like setting stuff up. They were crafting stuff. They were teaching you about like, I don't know, like building things and like living on your own. It was really cool. And the situations were totally wild. And then we watched an episode on the podcast that was really bad. So I don't think it really left the best impression with everyone. And I did not like the one we watched on the pod. But I think this show is really interesting. Yeah, I agree. This this is my fifth best one. And yeah, I think, you know, uh, echoing what, what Annabeth said, I think it was definitely an interesting show. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> I did not like it. But Chris, okay. we know you didn't like it. That's no, fine. <laughs> Brian, give me your number three. My number three is The Great American Barbecue Showdown. Oh, it's on Netflix. It was a really like fun barbecue show and definitely learned some stuff from it, unlike the other barbecue show. Doesn't barbecue Pitmasters? Yeah. Presents oh, that one King has the Kingsford Barbecue. Kingsford Barbecue, yeah. Uh, yeah standard competition barbecue style 
it was fine. I, I thought it was enjoyable too. All right, let's move on to number two. Number two shows. Rob, what is your number two? My number two is one that I don't know if anyone else is going to have. As I brought it to the pod, it's The World According to Jeff Goldblum. No. And uh, I just love me some Goldblum. And this the show is like it's a vernacular of kind of being a documentary and learning about ice cream or RVs and stuff. But this is just a show to fall around Jeff Goldblum and have him interact with people and do Jeff Goldblum things. And if you don't like that, you won't like the show. But if you like that, this is a great show. I've watched the whole series, and uh, it's good, good stuff. So go Jeff Goldblum. I can't, I, even believe the, no. I, I can't even believe that's this season. That seems like a COVID ago. I mean, Disney Plus didn't even exist like a year ago. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. So I was on the pod for that one, but um, I agree. I mean, I, I love this one. Like Jeff Goldblum is just such like a peculiar person. <laughs> and he's kind of like this alien who's trying to figure out how to understand people in the world. And it's like, it's amazing. <laughs> The way he talks to people and the questions he asks are like uh, unlike any other interviewer or like host. It's so good. All right. Uh, did we watch the episode where he goes to the tattoo thing? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. That was a hell of an episode. It's so good. This was yeah, my number Oblum three. Day. Yeah. Oh, it's number three. Cool, Max. All right, Noah. Give me your number two show. So I got to throw it out to my dogs here. Uh, the pack. Uh, oh. Yeah, I know a lot of you weren't a fan of this. It also got canceled for being an animal abuse show. Um, what? <laughs> you know, Noah's very pro animal abuse. Number two yeah. show. Yeah, uh, you can take that to the record. Uh, <laughs> but, but you know, um, I it, I thought it was super fun. You know, a dog and her owner they're competing in challenges. Um, I, I was very entertained. You know, uh, I like that the show is about. I actually am shocked. They got caught up in the animal abuse stuff. Like, you know, coming out of the gate, that's got to be the number one priority, right? Like, get that right. Uh, so a little pissed off they got that wrong. But otherwise, still a good show. Number two. Another victim of hashtag cancel culture, right, Noah? You know, exactly like Tupper says. I agree. Mm-hmm. I definitely All thought right, of putting right. this as my fifth work show. <laughs> I forgot about the show. That's why it didn't end up in the bottom. <laughs> you had a me moment where you're like, you forgot all the memories of a show. All right. Let's go over my number two. I think it's a show that people on this pod didn't like nearly as much as I did. Uh, but it is Grand Designs. Uh, it's a UK based show where they just go over somebody building a unique house. And it's just so interesting to see people like build like nuts houses, like custom made houses and how much that costs and like the timelines and you get to see it as it builds and like you get the personality of the people that are building and why they're building it. And it's just like so different from the American house garbage that like, you know, this thing takes an episode can take a year, two, three years to build to make because it takes that long to build the house and like it lets it ruminate. And we get to see, I think in the episode we saw they like built a house and, in top of like an old like watchtower kind of thing. And like the house at the end was just so nice and was so cool. And just, I think that it's the best ha- like house show that I've ever seen. So, yeah, this was my num- num- number three in, in the top similar reasons. It was, uh, they actually went into a lot of detail 
on how they're doing this renovation. And then also the scope of the renovation was insane. Like putting an elevator inside this very old building, then building like this modern piece next to the old building. Uh, very cool sh- show. Highly recommend. Yeah, it's on Netflix. Uh, all right. Well, that's it for our number twos, I believe. Let's get into everyone's best show of season five. Uh, Brian, why don't you start us off? My number one show this season was Jim Henson's Creature Shop Challenge. I've watched nice. nearly every episode of that season, and it's so much fun watching them build these cool creatures. Uh, that is also my number one show of season five. I think that it, it's a standard uh, uh, challenge show where they have, uh, you know, they're making puppets. But the puppets are so cool. They're so artsy. The like, everything that comes out of them is just amazing. And I can't believe they did it in two, three days. Like, I, I highly recommend. And it's so sad that we never got a season two. Um, so that is my number one show as well. Uh, I'll say I had this as my number three show, and I agree. Like this was a really good show, top notch competition show. Do we know why? Did, did you go to the internet corner, Chris, try to figure out why we never got a season? Yeah, two? apparently it was too expensive for sci-fi. Mm. So I, I, I don't know. Too. I didn't really know why it was that expensive. Like, I guess Jim Henson charged too much money. I guess I don't, I don't know. Like it's their show. And Henson. I don't it's think Jim Henson marketing. was charging any money. I can't imagine they wouldn't have gotten a lot of marketing out of that. So like. I don't know. Uh, Rob, give us your number one show. Season My number one show is Indian matchmaking. So I have that if, as well. What was it for you, Brian? Number one? Uh, no. Number uh, one it was number was... four. Number four. Uh, okay. Yeah, and this show this is a show focused on Seema from Mumbai. A uh, uh, of someone who helps people get to arrange marriages, and you follow her around as she meets different people. Some are in the U.S., some are in India, and it's just a fascinating kind of thing. Both that they sort of seeing Seema's process that includes going to astrologists and you know showing pictures of people's uh, pictures of people to like a a reader who just like looks at them and tries to determine what's a good life for them. And some real interesting characters that are uh, trying to find uh, people to marry and maybe uh, maybe don't have the right expectations going in. So I watched uh, the whole season of this. Uh, this was super fun. And uh, I think it's a real good show. And we're still trying to figure out how to get our friend Anshul, who's on the pod with us, onto season two of Indian Matchmaking. So stay tuned on that. This deserves to be in my top five. I forgot. This was my top two. This was really good. Yeah, this is also my number two. Um, yeah, I mean, just like it was definitely one of the most interesting dating shows we've seen. I think just like a totally different angle on it. Like, what I will say is the ending was deeply unfulfilling, and that's you know that's okay. Um, basically, uh, nobody finds love, as far as I can remember. One person that gets engaged, but then calls it off later. It does do a weird thing where it just sort of like drops people and doesn't yeah, mention them again yeah. for no reason, and even though you think. It's you should go back to them, but like Sino from Mumbai is so good. Oh yeah, this is why it needs like a grand designs where it gives like a year or two to actually for these people to find love and you can watch them. But you know that's just reality of not how these shows are filmed. So, uh, Harrison, 
Give me your number one show. Well, five. speaking of love, my top show of season five is Ayanori Love Wagon, African <laughs> Journey, <laughs> which uh, is a show where there's a bunch of young Japanese singles who travel to Africa to ride around in a bus across multiple countries and live a poor man's journey, as, as, as they say, and uh, try and fall in love. So it's really, really good. Like, um, I think uh, the, 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 the people are super interesting. They do a great job of, of telling the story. They kind of tell it sometimes in kind of like a non-linear way. And they do some flashbacks and flash forwards and some interesting things happen. They give you an int- like a really good look in some cases kind of behind the curtain on the production of the show and kind of how they're making some stuff and some of the challenges that they kind of had to deal with in actually making the show. So like, like that stuff's super cool. And then I think like on top of that, you're also learning about all of these different places that they're going because like these Japanese folks are just like going to all these different, you know, like things and just learning about it for the first time, like themselves, like you're getting to learn about a bunch of interesting stuff. So uh, yeah, that's definitely, definitely my top show. Emma and I have watched um, the entire African journey season. I think we're maybe one episode away from um, the end of the Asian journey season. Nice. Really good show. Uh, this was my number two. Um, I haven't completed it yet, but I really want to. It definitely gets better sort of beyond the first episode that we watched on the pod. Um, one of my favorite details is that they start just dropping like factoids about India in the middle of episodes, like or uh, uh, about Africa in the middle of episodes. Like um, I know way more about like the Nigerian mobile banking system now for some fucking reason. Yeah, <laughs> very important. It's really good. There could be no other show for me for number one than Anori Love Wagon. I echo everything Harrison said. It's so amazing. It's so informative. It's like a travel show. It's like a love show. It's just like really, really interesting and it feels super real. And I love it so much. Uh, Noah, give me your number one show, season five. Yeah. Uh, I just got to throw out to Anori Love Wagon, Shumai. Um, that was my favorite memory from that show. Great guy. Yeah. That's your number one show, Shumai. Shumai. Um, so number one show for me is a recent show, uh, The Great Pottery Showdown. Impeccable. Um, they got the format, you know, from uh, The Great British Bake Off. This is the sister show with pottery. They have a sewing show also. The format's great. It keeps moving. People with incredible talent. Um, they got a bucket they throw clay in just to top it off. Top notch show. That was also my number four show. I like that show. It was fun. I love, I'm a sucker for competition shows that are like artsy. And like at the end, you're like, oh man, I can't believe they did that in like that amount of time. And this is also one of them. Uh, last season, shout out to the Lego show. Top notch show. Can't wait for that to come back. Uh, Let's see who else. Rob, give us your number one show. Already did. I think Max is the only one left. Max is left. Okay. Sorry. Um, Terrible producer right now. Chris, I am kind of shocked this was not your number one show. It was Undercover Billionaire. Go ahead. It it did make my top five. It is number five. Okay. I'll take it. Um, I I only watched maybe like four episodes of it, but I really enjoyed it. Long story short, the show is about they drop a billionaire in like 
somewhere around Lake Erie with a pickup truck and like a thousand bucks. They just say, okay, go, go become a uh, millionaire. So um, it's really cool sort of building him sort of watching him build up his wealth. You know, in the first episode, he finally figures out how to make income. And the second episode, he has an apartment. And the third episode, he sort of has like an actual business idea. And it's just really cool watching that build up and up. And it feels relatively real. Like, you know, he gets sick while he's sitting, is sleeping in his pickup truck and stuff. Um, I thought it was a really cool show. Uh, I did like the show. I, I enjoyed it. And then the more I watched, the more... I felt too much coincidences were going on and which the whole like thing needs to feel more real. Like it, the whole facade needs to be there and I sure. felt it start crumbling. So I stopped watching it and why it's not number one. Cause I do think that if the facade held that he was actually doing this and there was no one helping him buy a house or no one, like all these people are just helping him because sure. like, yeah. well, why are you helping him? But there, there, there didn't seem to be any reason. So, like, a lot of that just kind of started bothering me, so I stopped watching it. There is another kind of spinoff for a season two on Hulu that uh, hmm. could be interesting. I don't know. Yeah, Matt, also, oh, this came in the bottom of my top. So, number five and similar reasons. Um, but, yeah, just had to get it in. And also, it was my number four best show. So, yeah, it was definitely a pretty solid show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. How are we going to come up with the number one out of this? This is it sounds rough. like, wait, was Inori also Noah's top? No, no. Oh. Sorry, I, I'm. So, I'll, I'll do a quick recap because I was keeping track for this. So, two people had Jim Henson's Creature Shop number one, and uh, one person also had in their top five. Two people had Love Wagon number one, and one person also had in their top five. Indian matchmaking, only one person had their number one, but three other people had in their top five. And same thing for Undercover Billionaire. One person number one, three other people in the top five. So it's uh, it's an interesting mix. There's no obvious from the uh, from the rating data who which one is standing out. So I need someone to uh, to give a passionate case of which why they think this one should be the number one. I am willing I to vote. Uh, oh, go ahead. So did anybody mention the Great Pottery Showdown? Yeah, no yeah. one did. That was my number one. That okay. was my number four. Okay, yeah, that was my number two. And we're the only three that watch that show, I think. I I think the telling part here is that Great Potter Showdown had what three people? Uh Jim Henson's show only had three people as well, and made two people's number one. I think that that kind of speaks for itself in terms of like who I think to be honest, I think both of those shows are great. I'd vote for either of those shows. I personally didn't really like Inori Love Wagon, but I won't stand in the way of everyone's consensus if that if that's what people think is the best. But mm-hmm. I think the other three I liked more. Uh, that's just like that's where my head is at. I don't know how we're gonna to do this at all. We need to kind of narrow it down to at least two to like give like a vote. I'm going to evict my number one, which is Undercover Boss. I think Chris made some good points. And I'm undercover Boss. Think, you know, <laughs> uh, undercover undercover Bossy and Air. Undercover Boss is in that other category, that, that bottom five category. Jimi Hendrix's Creature Workshop. Uh, it's it's hard for the other two because like only a couple of us have seen that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that like while I'm really passionate about 
I know where I love wagon. Like I, I know that there's only a few of us on here that are actually like super passionate about it. So I think it might be kind of a weird full pod pick. I mean, I do think that a lot of us, it sounds like a lot of us had a pretty favorable experience with Indian matchmaking. I don't know if that kind of um, what appeal for the pod could put it up there. I'm kind of leaning towards Indian matchmaking. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's- I, I I wasn't on the pod for this, but the Jim Henson show, I've been watching it on the side, and it's a quite quite a good show. I I, I would back that uh, if we lean that way. All right. Well, I think that leaves us with the Indian matchmaking. We have Rob, Max, I guess Annabeth. Are you Indian matchmaking or Jim Henson? I never saw the Jim Henson show, but I loved Indian matchmaking, so I can't. Well, that's it. Four against three to Indian matchmaking. So suck on that. (laughs) (laughs) But a very close runner up. Oh, yeah. Jim Henson. Uh, I I mean, yeah, I definitely encourage you to watch. Do we need an addendum to discuss this further? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We need to get VJ to tell us. I forgot about the addendum last season. That was two seasons ago. That was the controversial Chris Lido's best or show. <laughs> I don't remember what the other one was, but Chris, we, Chris Lido's best in winning, which we'll, we'll talk about. We catch about. up the audience on this addendum. No, no, no. That's part of the lore. No, you just get, if you know, you know. <laughs> you can go back and listen to the addendum. All right. Well, that's it. That's our top five and bottom five. We have our best show of Indian matchmaking and our worst show of I Can See Your Voice. Uh, all right. Let's get into the last thing we need to talk about. It best of the. All right. Well, whatever. Next category. We have best of the best and worst of the worst. So, Rob, give us what is our current best of the best. So, uh, first, I'll go through. Should we do best first or worst first? What do you think? Well, let's do worst. We started worst. Let's, yeah. let's do worst. So our Hall of Fame, the worst show from every season we watched was season one, Celebrity Apprentice. Season two, You the Jury. Season three, the aforementioned Chrisley Knows Best. And season four, I Get That A Lot. And now season five, uh, wait, was it? Oh, yeah. Uh, I Can, I see, can your see Your Voice. So our worst of the worst has consistently been it. It has been dethr- it has not been dethroned five seasons running. The Celebrity Apprentice. We really hated that show. And then we could discuss: Is I Can See Your Voice a worse show than The Celebrity Apprentice? No, I think this is the first one that gives it a run. I think last I year think- I get that a lot. Gave it. I think we we thought about it, I get that a lot because that was a terrible show. But. I, I don't think it could be worse than the Celebrity Apprentice. Uh, I don't think I can see your voice again. I get that a lot. I could definitely be a Grunotic. I think that show is super bad. I think, I think I get this that show a lot. is super bad. This show is also super bad. But Celebrity Apprentice, I think, ruined four years of my life in America in a significant way. There's like ramifications way past like us just not liking that show. This is the thing, Chris. Despite that, it's still a terrible show. You don't no, even I know. need that. To say this show is garbage. You listen to the pod in 2015. We hate that show. <laughs> yeah, before before he even ran for this at all, we did this show. So and we made fun of the idea he would be president. So you know we knew what we, were, we know what we're talking about. Highly encouraged to go listen to that. That's that's a good one. So I think that that yeah, it has to be worse. Yeah, it has to be. Yeah, because like they oh. had to model that that worked. 
right? And then they just like flush it down the toilet. Where I could see her voice, they're giving it a shot, right? Terrible shot. But I think a celebrity princess take the shot. I'm going to disagree and say that like they should never have given this a shot. Like this is something that was like so bad on a fundamental level. Like nothing about this should have gotten greenlit. Like that's why it's just bad from the get go. At least like a, the apprentice started Celebrity Apprentice and spawned that. There was a good beginning. This one, like oh, I guess, like it did have Mass Singer, but it's a small <laughs> spinoff, different. You undid yourself, Brian. <laughs> no, I, I, I still think that like even though like it's a it's a sibling of this, like it still has like a different premise. Whereas like Celebrity Apprentice, the only thing was like the boss that was changed. This is like the core concept of the show. I mean, the boss is the same, and the original Apprentice was also true. I will, I, I still say, season one of original Apprentice was actually a good show, and it was not good after that. Oh, well, we're never doing it, so. We're never doing it. Uh, I honestly, Chris Lee Knows Best might be the worst show. I don't know. That show was really fucking <laughs> That's bad. That's a terrible show. That was <laughs> so bad. Uh, just, just as a, just like all five of those. All five of these see, shows are garbage. You see those on TV. There's no question. You might as well just, if that's on, just throw the TV out the window. Just don't watch it. Just. I mean, I guess that's not true. Uh, Chris Lee Knows Best I might spend. I was going to say, you don't need to worry about seeing these shows on TV. None of these shows are on TV. That's they're, not true. They're gone. Chris Lee Knows Best, still yeah. going. Uh, I still get advertisements for it. I can't believe it. <laughs> yeah. You're the jury, long gone. You don't have to worry about seeing that on your TV. <laughs> two episodes. <laughs> two you can't <laughs> Two episodes. <laughs> and it's somehow on Amazon, but you can't buy it. But it's there. It's With very the two weird. episodes. There's just two episodes. <laughs> two episodes in there. You can see that the show exists on Amazon, and it's like, but you can't watch it. <laughs> There's no mm. way to watch the show. Amazon's got your back. Amazon's like, you just, trust me. Just I've, I've made the decision for you. This is this is the right decision. Somebody rate it too. <laughs> like, how do you rate this? Can't even watch it. All right. All right. Let's move on to best of the best. Rob, okay. what, what are our choices for each season? All right, our season one best of the best champion was Married at First Sight. Season two, The Challenge. Season three, Jersey Shore Family Vacation. And season four was Shark Tank. And now we're adding Indian matchmaking to the to the list. There are some very strong contenders in that list. I don't know, man. That's a, that's a heck of a Mount Rushmore right there. What is our current best of the best? I think we've. I think it's been a thing of some people maintain Married at First Sight used to be the top one, and some people ride for the challenge. Uh, and I don't. I think it's always a little bit contentious. Uh, but I don't know if any. You know, I'm. I'm kind of presuming. Like, I don't know if anyone would put Indian Matchmaking above those two shows. I think Indian Matchmaking was a good show, yeah. but I think the original Married at First Sight season and the challenge are uh, are cut above. Uh, I also, while we're talking about this, is I've been continuing to watch Jersey Shore Family Vacation. And I would say it is not a show you should still be watching. Like the first season, first two seasons are good. You yeah. can stop there. I think that's what I did. Yeah, you're good. <laughs> you don't need to keep watching. It's not. It's not, good. not good anymore. Uh, but so I think I got to still go with uh, Married at First Sight. That's my vote. Uh, let's 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 just Married at First Sight or the challenge. Those are obviously the two we're gonna are vying for top. Brian, what do you got for? I think I gotta go for the challenge in this. Like, that's the one show that, like, I've repeatedly gone back to, and, like, they've been adopting new stuff in there. Like, I think that they are actively growing as a TV show versus 
Mariner first site where it had a drop with 90 day fiance or no, that was 90 fiance. Sorry. Um, Mary first site still just hasn't really changed. Have, you don't really know that, but that's okay. No, I, I've seen like some of this stuff. Like the most recent thing was like 90 day fiance, but like, uh, Max, what do you think? Man, you ever see the movie Sophie's Choice? <laughs> no, what is that? Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, so it's about this lady, and she's got Spo- like wait, two spoiler, kids. Spoiler warning for <laughs> Sophie's Choice. Is the movie? All right, I'm, 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 it's hard for me to choose. Yeah, Noah, what do you got? It, <laughs> it's an old movie. You're not you're not spoiling it for anyone. But uh, anyway, um, so for me, Shark Tank takes the cake. Like the best reality show ever made, flat out, no competition. Um, everything else is on a different game. All right. If you had to choose between Married for Sight and the Challenge, which one you pick? Um, I I don't like the challenge. Um, I have a hard time dealing with it. Uh, so I'd have to go with Married at First Sight, but I think Married at First Sight is fine. Uh, we really got into it. Uh, Annabeth, what is your choice? Um, I think both of those are incredibly strong. I love Married at First Sight. I've seen a few seasons of it. Um, I've now seen a lot of seasons of The Challenge, and I'm a big fan, and maybe this is the only sport I can really get behind. So I think I'm going to vote The Challenge. It's really good. Harrison, I think I know what your vote is. I mean, I'm definitely going to ride for the challenge. <laughs> and I think I'm the one that introduced the challenge uh, here. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm subscribing to Paramount Plus and watching that that All-Stars season. So, you know, I'm on that <laughs> level now. Uh, and I guess finally, Rob, you can well, force Max into a tie situation and that would be fun. Uh, uh, well, no, I'm the only person who never really started watching the challenge regularly and stuff. So I'm going to ride for Married at First Sight. Max, you have all the power. <laughs> Max, Sophie's choice. Oh, <laughs> Here we go. Son, son of a bitch. Let's all go. right, guys. You forced me into it. Uh, it's got to it's be the challenge. However, they pulled this shit again where they recycled the challenges. Never, never again. It won't be full. Uh, you can say that every season. They do something stupid. All right. Uh, there so, you have it. The challenge the is best. finally overtaken. Married at first sight for best. I, I've best. noted it down, so now it'll be it'll be in the historical record. So we I, don't I feel have to like de- it, debate it, it again next season. I feel like it didn't win last season, but I don't listen to that pot again, and I didn't write it down. So yeah. who knows? No, we'll ever know. So <laughs> we got to set up some kind of nightclub hall of fame website, and we'll we'll have all the details there. <laughs> Great idea. Uh, I think that's that's it. Anyone else right. have any other topics, Rob? Would you like some stats, Chris? Would you like sure, the stats deep me, dive? Sure. Uh, Noah is playing with the filters. <laughs> shark. Yeah. So, shark tank. Uh, I'll start with some questions, then I'll just sort of uh, go through some things. But how many unanimous top thirds do we think we had this season? Two. I know one was undercover billionaire. Three. All right. People are holding up fingers, even though it's an, an audio podcast. There's votes for one, two, they three, can and four. See our voice. It's okay. Uh, That's true. Yeah, four. Uh, Noah's correct. It is four. Nice. Undercover billionaire, Indian matchmaking, Jim Henson's creature shop challenge, and the Great Pottery Showdown, which at least one person made their number one of all those shows. So pretty good uh, top group. Good, good heuristic. How many unanimous bottoms did we have? Eleven. I'm going to go with eight. 
Ten. Fifteen. Twelve. Only six. Oh. Whoa. And some of them... Well, I was addendum on that, but uh, some of them were not mentioned tonight yet. So we uh, well, first we got the Legend of McDodge, Extreme Unboxing, The Mass Dancer, and I Can See Your Voice, but also Supermarket Sweep and Star Wars Jedi Temple. Yeah. yeah. So all consistently bad, but uh, not super bad. But eight shows were... Everyone gave it a bottom except for one random person put it in the middle. So there was a lot of that. <laughs> yeah. And uh, how many unanimous middle do you think we had? Uh, you know, very, very mediocre list. Well, I'm going to go with four. Seven. Fourteen. Nine. Uno. One. A single one. I knew it was low. Assembly required. The Tim Allen show. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Such a good premise. It's thrown away. Yeah, uh, yeah. So that was the uh, for, we never we don't when it's in the it's in the middle. People are all over the place, so it's it's rare to be unanimous. So uh, and some more stats. So the most bottom thirds given out was Chris, which I don't think. Uh, Do I have people. the most of each category? Uh, no, but <laughs> I would say we we give something to give Chris a hard time. Say he's a hard grader, but this season Chris is not the number one hater. Uh, Max, your distribution was really something. So yep. I, went, I went back through previous seasons. No one who'd been on at least 20 pods had ever given out fewer than five top thirds. This was a really rough season for me. Max <laughs> gave out 39 ratings and only did two top thirds the whole season. <laughs> oh, that's, uh, I don't know how you stack like he works. Was like, he had 13 middles and 24 bottoms. If you wow. add up his tops and bottom and middles and made that the top and split the bottom in half, it's actually a pretty close to a third, third, third distribution. <laughs> there you go. That's um, a wild stuff. But overall, this was our lowest percentage of top thirds given out ever. Only s- less than 16% of the ratings were top thirds. Now, it's always we give it less top thirds than everything else, but like that is very skewed more than usual. Uh, no one had more top thirds than bottom thirds, but Harrison had an equal number of top thirds and bottom thirds. So he is oh. the most there. Uh, Chris, you asked if you were the, had the most all the, you had the most top thirds also. You had 10, but Brian had the most middle thirds. He had 20 middle thirds. So oh, Brian, Brian big on that at middle range. Uh, and I, I tried to figure out who had the most equitable distribution, who's close to having a real stack rank. And uh, I'm giving the award to myself because uh, I did. I had 25% of my shows in the top third, which is closest to actually having uh, a third on each one. And a funny side tangent about my top thirds. My first four shows I was on this, I put all the top. And the last three I was on, two in the top. And the 20 in the middle, I only put one in the top. So wow. it was a strong start, a strong finish, and a very fallow uh, middle period there. So those are those are the that's the stats deep dive uh, from, from look at the ratings, and one thing I also want to call it is uh, the last season finale. I said we should do more bets. We reviewed some bets we had this season, and then I started to realize like I actually don't know how to bring up on the pod to do bets. And I thought about asking Chris like, should we make it a question, and then I didn't. Uh, so there's only one bet the, during the season, but we already talked about it, and it was a very strange Chris Noah bet about Quibi, which Max then adjudicated, and everyone agreed. 
Chris won and Noah lost, even though if you listen to it, like at one point, Chris says, if they launch a free tier, I win. And if they launch a free tier, you win. And Noah said, that's right. And uh, <laughs> so I actually, I listened to it, don't know what it was, but it's been adjudicated. Uh, and Chris was declared the winner and Noah the loser. So we'll just go with that. But yeah, no other bets I mean, uh, to talk about. I do know the details if you're curious. You give the details, Max. Uh, the details are something like uh, Noah said Quibi will not give a free tier in the next six months. And Chris said, I'll take that bet. I think they will. And uh, the way it played out is in Australia, they offered a free tier as a experiment. So I said Chris won. Uh, also, that content's available free on the Roku channel now. So. Mm. But, but it had a it had an expiration date of six months. Oh, Wait, has, has it launched on the Roku channel? I think it's in there now. I don't think it's launched. I, it is. I think they announced it will be, and they announced a name change, but I don't think it's there. JK, I mean, we're, there. we're counting down the moments till Golden Arm comes back. So. Uh, we we can oh. add it as a question, Rob. We can be like any oh. bets anyone wants to make. We, we can, can talk it. about it. I, I I tried to think about it. I wasn't good at being able to actually come up with bets on purpose while we're talking about reality shows. So I just think that no one was really thinking about it. It would be easier if we were watching multiple episodes of the same show. We should definitely make bets about what happens next, but then we watch a new show, so it's hard. But we can think about it for next season. But yeah, I didn't do a good job of making it a thing this season. How about a bet right now about uh, when those Quibi shows will actually be Roku Originals? Because like so far, they've just been talking about it, and I don't even know if it's going to launch this year, even though they keep talking about it. I would take a bet that it does launch this year if you want to bet against that. I want to bet that like they'll launch after September. Yeah, this year. Wait, so no, are you taking the other it's side of the bet, bet if you or are you just agree. agreeing with Brian? I'm I'm so Brian's going post September. Post September. Does that mean September thirtieth you win October, or September thirtieth you lose? Brian has October first till until forever. No, you get. Oh October. yeah. I'll, I'll move it to October. I'll I'll see if it launches uh, before October or after October. After no, after, after September after October, is October first. Yeah, yeah. So if it goes October first or later, Brian, you win. September thirtieth or earlier, I win. Yeah. Nice. Giddy up. I'm in. And wait, yeah. what, what what are we waging? I'm assuming it's like a, a beer on pod. What, what are we doing? Uh, yeah, it could be. We've done like shotgun beds. We could do like custom drink. I don't know. You have to have a redneck margarita on the pot. Ooh, okay. Chris and I have that from season four still that we said next time we're together for a pod, we'll cash in. And who knows what that's going <laughs> to happen. But Chris also owes me like five shotguns for various different bets. Whatever. That on, so. the, bet, the, the act of the bet is more fun than the fulfillment of the bets. Says the person that loses the bets. I mean, so. next time we're together, we're going to have a conversation about, do you have to fulfill all the shotguns at the same time, or are we going to spread them out? <laughs> How many beers can I shotgun at once? We'll find out. <laughs> I think there's a, an answer to that question that's easily... We'll uh, get a funnel, and then other people will pour them in, and then you're just yeah. on the funnel. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I got... You know, there's a couple shows we didn't talk about tonight that uh, I'll shout out to the end here. Uh Let's go bad. Like, there's like a Southern Charm show that we watched that was just really bad. Like, it was, Southern Charm New Orleans. Yeah, the only saving grace of that show is that it was moving. But like, at the end of the day, it was just like 
just just bad like about people fake people fake friends like who care like get off get off my screen bad uh and the supermarket sweep not good uh did not like that it's also a game show not not our favorite not our not our forte um we also watched house hunters which didn't make my bottom five but is a bottom five show it's produced stupidly like i can't believe people still watch the show and people still produce this really really fake show and when you tell people it's fake that don't know it's fake and they're like what no like yeah how do they produce that show tell it to me you think that producers show you three the houses and that's that's the houses you're gonna pick okay i have a house to sell you then uh so uh, those are kind of the worst shows a uh, show that almost made my top five. I think uh, the Bradshaw Bunch was pretty fun, oh, even boy. though it was it was kind of fake. But I I think Bradshaw was really fun. Uh, yeah. just, that made, that actually made my top five of worst shows. <laughs> I thought about it for my number five spot on the worst side. Worst side, I, I liked it. So you know. I'm a Chris. Yeah, some other shout outs put out there. Um, the great great Christmas light fight. Um, Generally, we didn't like it, but I think there is some promise there. Uh, so I wanted to call it out. Um, Hoarders, uh, you know, it's a classic reality show. I'm glad we got it done this season. Uh, quite serious compared to content we watch. Um, and Bling Empire, Netflix show, pretty standard reality show. Again, like exploiting a culture because like rich, pe- rich Chinese people or Asian people in L.A. Um, decent show, though, you know, um, compared to other things we watch. Anyone else have any other shout-outs they want to give? I think that's it for us this week, then. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at WhoBeThisOn. You can find us on Facebook.com slash WhoBeThisOn. You can ask questions and suggestions at WhoBeThisOn at gmail.com. Bye. I've been watching Seeking Sister Wife season three. Okay. And it's just bonkers. And this this Garrick guy is just the worst human. This being. is the same guy that we saw in our episode, right? No, that was Dimitri. And I Dimitri, talked about I was like, I remember Dimitri, Dimitri, yeah. So Dimitri is also a terrible person. Uh Emmy went to the internet corner. One of the people that's a potential sister wife this season has now filed a restraining order against him for uh so shocked. Shocking. Uh, but no, Garrick is the guy I talked about who's like even somehow even worse than Dimitri. He so the re- quick recap: he and his wife are, the, are say they're very religious, and he came up with this idea that well, the Bible there's examples of plural marriage. That means God thinks plural marriage is good, so we should be in a plural marriage. And you can tell his wife, like she says that she's come around and she thinks it's a good idea. Everything about her body language, everything about the way she talks about it, she is not in on this idea. She thinks it's a terrible idea. She's going along with it. And they went on some website, and they're dating this person from Brazil who doesn't speak English, who just speaks Portuguese. And they talk. They have their app on their phone, and one of them talks, and they read the translation, and then they say something back and do the translation. It's ridiculous. Like they went. Beyonce mixed in there. Sorry, what? It's like 90 Day Fiance mixed in. Oh, we're getting to that. Don't worry. That's coming. So they went on this trip to Mexico where they could all meet 
for the first time actually in person. He proposed to the person to be their sister wife on the second night there. And now that he proposed they were engaged, that meant they could bang now. And so they banged in Mexico. And then, but then they came back and they lived in the U.S. She's living in Brazil. And they're like, how are we going to get her to, to the U.S. to be our sister wife? And they're like, well, she can't come unless you're legally married. So he and his real wife are getting divorced. Oh. So they can 90-day fiancé this person from Brazil over to do it. Wow. They also have a restraining order against this guy, too. No. I mean, not yet. They should. Uh, and so they get divorced and she's super emotional about it. And she's like, you know, so she's like, you know, I'm just praying. And like, this is like what we need to do. They go on another trip to Mexico to be with this person. And it's just like this, this person one point is like the wife's one point is like, you know, I just like, I have all this jealousy and these feelings, but like, like, I just wish, you know, if it was my choice, I wouldn't be doing this. And it's like, it is your choice. <laughs> What's wrong? We can walk away. She's like, well, I just have to pray to God to take away my jealousy. It's like, no, you don't. You just got to tell this guy he's a jerk. But now they're teasing us that the, the Brazilian person is like, hey, if your wife isn't happy, this isn't going to work. I can't come and live with you if your wife isn't happy. And he's like, what? Oh, no. <laughs> so they're, they're teasing that it's going to end with both women leave him, which will be great. But so I wanted to talk about that. The other thing I want to talk about is there's some interesting quarantine production schedule stuff going on where... They're, like, there are these different plot lines going on. They're on different things. And then one episode, one plot line, suddenly black screen that says, uh, the COVID-19 pandemic began and shut down the state, delayed filming. We resumed filming when it was safe. And now it's like months later. And they're talking about how quarantine impacts their dating life and stuff. Then the next episode, a different set of people, black screen, COVID. So you're seeing where things are ha- like different people are hitting COVID at different times. And then you're seeing their re- how it affects their sister wife situation. So the people on the trip in Mexico, like it's still the same week. Like they went to Mexico. They're still in Mexico. Everything's happening there. COVID hasn't happened yet. But these other people in Utah are, you know, there. And the ones in Utah, one of the sister wives was pregnant and they had the baby during the court COVID shutdown when they couldn't film. And so they had to home film some stuff. And they're like, she's in the car in labor, and the mom is in the front filming on a cell phone. <laughs> and then they had, because that would be great. They had footage of the Zoom of in the delivery room, and the mom and the other sister wife are watching on the camera. It's it's such a nuts thing, and so but fascinating production schedule stuff. So you know, we love the fascinating, fascinating, fascinating. I think that's more of an editing thing than a production schedule. I mean, all of it, but like you. We know, like, this is being filmed over, like, big period of time. Like, because, and there, you know, you would know that there are different points of this the season with these different people, and you're kind of catching up on them at different points. So it's just, it's setting some insights that I enjoy. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. It's almost like that 90 Day Fiance quarantine show. Because, like, after COVID-19, like, they're still kind of in quarantine. They're not, like, going out and doing their new daily stuff. Well, it's funny, like, so one of them was like, we were going to fly someone out to be a potential sister wife. And now they like, they had to cancel their trip. And now they're talking about, oh, well, should we try to bring her out again? But then the, the guy's like, seems like now might not be the best time to fly someone out. <laughs> but I'm on the show, so I kind of have to. I'm sure that's part of it. I'm sure the producer's are like, yeah, is it time to fly that person out? You know, like, we'll book it. And what did you like? We'll get it. We'll get it. We'll, we'll set him in N95. You can't, you can't go there, but they can come here. 
Yeah.